Welcome to this month's special series, Exploring Heart Health, on ReachMD XM157. What do our animal friends have to tell us about the effects of hormones on cardiovascular risk? Does a mouse or monkey really have anything to teach us? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Benson, your host. Our guest today is Dr. Richard Karras, Professor of Medicine at the Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston. He has several titles, including Co-Director, Molecular Cardiology Research Center, Director, Preventive Cardiology, and Director, Women's Heart Center at the New England Medical Center. He received his MD from Tufts and his PhD in Physiology from Harvard. We are discussing lessons learned from animal research regarding the effects of hormone replacement therapy in cardiovascular disease. So, I know that you work a lot with mice, and uh, the first question I have is, why mice? The main reason we work with mice is because we can genetically manipulate the mice to try and learn more about the molecular biology by which estrogen has its effects on the cardiovascular system. And I can very broadly give you an example of what I mean by that. There are two estrogen receptors that are known. One's called estrogen receptor alpha, and the other is ER beta. And we have the opportunity by studying mice of making a knockout mouse where we get rid of one or the other or both of those receptors. And that allows us then to drill down and see which receptor is mediating which of the effects of estrogen on the cardiovascular system. So the short story is that there's a lot of availability of knockout mice where you can remove one or another gene. Yeah, and I'll tell you why that's important. So, for example, we did a study where we took a strain of mice in which the estrogen receptor beta gene had been knocked out, and what we found is that those mice have very high blood pressures. So what that suggests is that the role of estrogen receptor beta is to help keep blood pressure down. That raises the very exciting possibility that if one could find new drugs that specifically activate ER beta, that you might have a novel drug for treating hypertension by a pathway that's not currently been discovered. Well, that's interesting, but aren't there some disadvantages of using the mouse? Sure. Yeah, you know, they don't have the same panoply of risk factors, social factors, etc., that people do in addition to there being biological differences between mouse and, and human. Aside from the panoply of social factors, aren't there some biological issues where they don't resemble humans? There are, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They also have biological differences. For example, most of the cholesterol that circulates in humans is in the form of LDL cholesterol, whereas in the mouse, most of the cholesterol is HDL cholesterol. So, yeah, they're very important biological differences. And we use these mouse studies more to understand the basic biology behind this and then obviously use that to form hypotheses to go forward and test more similar animals and then ultimately in humans. What have you learned about uh, vascular injury from your research? Well, we did actually a whole series of studies where we looked at estrogen receptor alpha knockout mice and then estrogen receptor beta knockout mice and then double knockout mice. And the bottom line from all of that is in a model where we use female mice that have undergone surgical menopause, 
if we treat those mice with physiologic levels of estrogen, we inhibit the extent of injury they experience when we damage their blood vessel. And the studies with the genetically manipulated mice showed us that that effect of estrogen is mediated by ER-alpha and not by ER-beta because we get the benefit in the normal mice, we get the benefit in the mice when we get rid of ER-beta, but we lose the benefit when we look at mice when we get rid of ER-alpha. And again, that's very exciting because it says that if you could target new drug development to something that only activates ER-alpha, you may have a specific target for inhibiting the progression of atherosclerosis. Any understanding of the molecular mechanism by which ER-alpha reduces atherosclerosis? There is. That receptor is able, for example, to upregulate a protein that's called ENOS, or endothelial cell nitric oxide synthase, and that's an enzyme that makes the molecule nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is one of our endogenously produced most potent anti-atherosclerotic effects. And I don't mean to say that we know that that is the specific and only mechanism, but that's one that's known that would likely contribute to that. What about your work with myocardial infarction in mice? We've looked at effects of estrogen on the heart with two models, actually. One is with myocardial infarction, or MI. And there what we found is that when there is an MI, the heart muscle dies in part through a process that's called programmed cell death, or apoptosis. And what we found is if we administer estrogen to these mice at the time of their MI, that we're able to prevent some of the programmed cell death that would have occurred as a result of the infarct. So giving estrogen to mice who just had a myocardial infarction benefits them? Well, it has mixed effects. It reduces the size of the MI and it prevented some of the cell death, as I mentioned. Over time, though, it actually augmented the left ventricular hypertrophy that results from a big infarct, and that had a detrimental effect in the long term. In your mice, did you look at just a short burst of estrogen? We did, yeah. Was that the issue that happened over time, or did you have to give the estrogen over time to have detrimental effects? Yeah, we had to continue it over time to have the detrimental effects. But isn't that like pretty kind of unintuitive and significant that For instance, a short burst of estrogen might reduce myocardial infarction damage? There are different processes. One is how big is the infarct when it happens. And then the second is a whole complicated process called left ventricular remodeling, which is how the heart responds to the loss of that muscle that was lost in the infarct. But the other even more important point, I think, in terms of thinking about generalizing this to people, is realize that what we call a heart attack or an MI in a person is actually a vascular event, right? It's actually a thrombus that forms in the coronary artery that then disrupts the flow of blood to the myocardium, which then dies. In the model of myocardial infarction that we use in the mice, we physically tie off the coronary artery to produce the infarct. So we're not studying the process of the production of the infarct, which is an atherosclerotic vascular event, but we're studying the effect on the heart of the infarct itself.
If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, and my guest is Dr. Richard Karras, professor of medicine at the Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston. We are discussing lessons learned from animal research regarding the effects of hormone replacement therapy and cardiovascular disease. Now, I know that your mouse model in terms of studying myocardial infarction also looked at transaortic constriction. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And that was really very interesting. So that's a model where you just take the ascending aorta and you tie a ligature around it to constrict it quite dramatically. And so in a way, it's like severe hypertension because the left ventricle has to produce very high pressure to pump the blood across this constriction. And there what we found is that in all those instances, estrogen therapy reduced and prevented the left ventricular hypertrophy that results from the aortic constriction. And scientifically, as a basic scientist, it's very interesting because I just mentioned that the left ventricular hypertrophy that occurs following a myocardial infarction was worsened by estrogen treatment, but the left ventricular hypertrophy that resulted following this aortic banding was improved or diminished by estrogen. And that says, and it's a broader theme about hormones, which is very important in heart disease, that the effects of the same hormone can be either beneficial or detrimental depending on the specific instance the hormone is being used. What is the idea about why estrogen helps in one case and not the other? Our idea is that the infarct activates a different set of signaling pathways that causes the hypertrophy than does the banding. In the same way that when athletes exercise and they develop hypertrophy, that's thought to be beneficial or what's called physiologic hypertrophy. And the sort of hypertrophy that develops following an MI is thought to be harmful and is referred to as pathologic hypertrophy. So it's probably that the effect of the hormone is different depending on which of these various patterns of signaling pathways has been turned on. What about monkey models? What do they tell us? Monkey models have been absolutely fascinating, and this is largely the work of an absolute pioneer in this field, which is Tom Clarkson and his colleagues at Wake Forest University. They have a very well-established monkey model of atherosclerosis, where they take surgically menopausal female monkeys, and they feed them an atherosclerotic diet, and then they can treat them with oral conjugated equine estrogens, just like we do with women. And had shown that that treatment can prevent the progression of the coronary atherosclerosis. What's emerged most recently that's so fascinating and so directly relevant to the human state is that in subsequent studies, when they fed the monkeys the atherosclerotic diet for several years following the menopause and then came in and treated with hormone therapy, the hormones were no longer able to retard the atherosclerotic process. And that then is monkey-based evidence that supports what's called the timing of initiation hypothesis that has also grown out from the clinical trials like the Women's Health Initiative. And the idea is that the administration of hormones either in younger women or earlier after the menopause or in the perimenopausal period 
in that setting, the hormones may have an anti-atherosclerotic effect. But once there's been a prolonged period of estrogen deficiency, or if there's already been an opportunity for atherosclerosis to become established, that that beneficial effect of the hormone may be lost. I want to thank Dr. Richard Karras, professor of medicine at the Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston, who has been our guest. We have been discussing lessons learned from animal research regarding the effects of hormone replacement therapy in cardiovascular disease. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this month's special series, Exploring Heart Health, on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals.